You are listening to the message by Antioch Center for the Nations. For more information, please visit www.antiochcenterforthenations.org. Thank you. As I was looking for a message, I have been looking for a message since Tuesday. I got one yesterday of course. And uh, I was asking God, okay, what should I preach about? What is, you know, what is up? And um, he kept reminding me of all my failures or what I consider failures. And he kept reminding me of the people that left our ministry, the people that didn't want to be there, were there, talked behind us, about us. And I just thought, okay, God, so what is the message? And I think the best messages come out of the mistakes at least for me personally. And um, the title of the message, if we can put it up, is One Body, One Vision. And uh, I just want to pray. Jesus, I pray that you will um, anoint me with the right words so I can convey your message to your people. I pray that I step aside. I pray that you can use me to the fullest capacity. I pray that um, I don't say anything dumb, but um, always adhering to everything that you want to speak. I thank you for Antioch. I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you for every single soul that's seated here. And I pray that every heart be open for your truth. Amen. Well, for me, why this title, why this message? Um, I went back to the mistakes and the people that have left and the mistakes that we've made have very often this common thread that is vision or unity or what is it that we have as a vision that we haven't clearly communicated to our people or what is it that they don't get? It, it's always about that. I gave birth to my son about actually exactly 14 weeks ago. And uh, what amazed me most about the birth was that your body automatically works together in unison, as a, in, in, in unity, to bring forth new life. It's automatic. I mean, I had, uh, thank God, a very um, smooth pregnancy. I didn't have to take any medication. He came while I was standing up and I gave birth to him on my two feet. It was really quite an experience. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I never touched the bed. So um, basically, um, it was 16 hours of labor, 16 hours of labor. That's almost a day. And I know that women have one week long labors, but what I was amazed at is that your body, led by your spirit, can do anything if it's in unity. Your body can do anything if you have unity in vision. And I think it's not very different from the body of Christ. We as the body of Christ globally, internationally, even as a church, our goal is that we want to keep the unity of the spirit. But man, this is such a problem in ministry. Because guess what? We've got people. You're not the only one walking towards your call. There is an individual calling on each of our lives, but more importantly, we are the body of Christ. We have a vision as a church, and that is to be the light, to be the salt. And that is our vision. And um, I would just like to do this um, activity. It, you can, if anyone can bend their pinky without their ring finger moving, just move your pinky all the way down. All the way down to touch your thumb without your ring finger moving. So I think some people can. 
Stephen can. Yeah, piano. For all of us normal people who are not so proficient, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But basically, I think if you're not trained to use your fingers that well, the answer is you can't do it. Every function in every muscle is tied together. And you could be the pinky, but somebody else sitting in this room is the ring finger. And the way you, the way you walk out your calling is going to affect your brother and sister. I'm not talking about whether you're made for the common purpose or for the special purpose. I'm talking about the way you walk. And I love Paul. And today I, I just want to see what Paul has to say about all of this because he always has something to say about the church and how we should be as a church. So the next point is the verse, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Um, as a prisoner in the Lord, then I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, and with diligence to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We're just going to read so till this verse for now. But the goal of the church is to preserve the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is the goal. This is our goal that we need to, at least for the sake of this message, um, achieve. This is what we want to preserve. And I, and I find it really cool that he used the word preserve. This word means you have to spiritually guard. You have to keep intact. You have to fight for it. Because this is actually the God-produced unity in a church. If you have to fight for something, that means somebody is trying to take it away. And this is constant. And then it goes on to say, uh, through the bond of peace. And this peace, I mean, the, the Bible is beautiful because when you go to the root word and you really find out what it means, this word peace is wholeness. It's wholeness. This is the place where people can come and be a part of something whole. And I'm not talking the whole that the world preaches about. I'm not talking about everything that you can do to look perfect or to be whole in a very different way. I'm talking about whole in a whole new other way. And this is what our goal is at the church. So how do we get there? As the body of Christ, as a church, we want to be united. We want to work towards a common vision while walking out our own call. But it's not, e not as easy as it sounds. We all want to go from Bishan to Orchard. Okay, I don't know if we all want to go to Orchard. But most of us want to go from Bishan to Orchard. But um, there's different ways to get there. We can take the car, the bus, the train. So the way you get there is what Paul is interested in. Paul says that there is a manner in which that we can walk that is worthy of the calling we have received. Next slide. Oh, I already did this. Sorry, no problem. Yeah, so the way we walk. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received. For me, I don't know if I'm a skeptic, but when I read this, the first thing that struck me was that means there is a way that is unworthy of the way we can walk our call. I mean, it sounds really harsh, but this is the process of our character rising up to our anointing. This is the process where we realize we have flaws in our character that is not going to allow our anointing to meld and join the other people. 
because we all have a call in our lives. We are all anointed for different things. We all have different gifts. But if our character stands in the way, how are we going to work together? I believe that the strongest church can identify the gifts in each person and work together regardless of how our personalities are. And I'm not telling you that I like everybody and I want to hang out with everybody because that's often not the case. But I do believe that we have to prioritize when it comes to our church and put the unity and the peace above other things. I have an example here that says Provina doesn't want to get along with Ricky all the time. <laughs> Provina wants to do things her way because Provina is selfish and she often thinks that she knows better than Ricky. I love this third person way because I feel distant, but I know I'm still talking about myself. Um, I would rather work alone than with people. This, this is fact. It hasn't changed in five years of doing ministry because I know how I work best and I can get it done probably and half the time than if I were to delegate. But when we were in Cambodia, there was this beautiful moment. I was supposed to cook rice. This was five years ago. I don't know if Barbara still remembers. Um, and I cooked rice just maybe two minutes short, which is basically salad. It was crunchy. And I brought it out to the tuk-tuk and I put it there. Barbara came, you know, Barbara being Barbara, she just opened the lid. She knew, she knew that wasn't rice. And she picked it up and she went back to the kitchen. She was like, hey, Praveena, do you want to follow me? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll follow Barbara. And then she was like, you just need, can you add a cup of water? So I added a cup of water and then we waited rice was cooked we went we went back out and I thought she could have done that without me there but she chose to have me there I've never I still um, think making rice is complicated in a pressure cooker um, I would rather do it on a stove the same way that we learned because it's easier but this is exactly what I'm talking about the way we walk our calling is so much more important than what actually we do because everybody watches and, and we are in a church. Um, Paul explains now, of course, Paul being Paul, certain things we need in order to walk in this way. And the first point here is humility and gentleness. I love this word humility, but most of the time people think when somebody praises you, oh, Caleb, that day you cooked the best gumbo on earth. Caleb goes, no, it wasn't that great. But he knows it was great. That's not really humility. Humility basically depends that basically means that we depend on God a hundred percent. It is not us denying the gifts and talents that God has given us, but rather the complete dependence on God and giving Him all glory for the things we do have. And this is humility. And then he goes on to say gentleness, and in other translations, this word is also meekness. Um, meekness is the ability to express power with reserve. It is knowing what to use, when to use, and how much of it to use. I understand it this way. Back to Ricky and me. I think there are many moments where I can say, I told you so. But choosing not to say, I told you so, and using whatever knowledge I do have to help him, knowing that that probably also came from God because I'm really basically equally useless, is this meekness. It's knowing that you have the power to correct and to rule the earth, but to know when you have to take it back a notch. And for, for the sake of 
this message, I would like y'all to imagine that God has called you and you're walking on a path. And he says, walk with humility and gentleness. So you've got two people on your sides, humility on the right and gentleness on the left. And then he goes on and he says, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Patience is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit and the beautiful translation is long suffering. Long suffering. So if you think you've been patient enough with somebody, just ask yourself, has it been a long time since, is it, is it long enough that I've suffered? The answer is usually no, because it's long suffering. It's, it's this period of time where you can suffer so that you can get seasoned. It's a period of time you can suffer so that God can, can mold you and shape you. And this patience that he talks about is in the context of the body of Christ because guess what? You're not walking your call alone. You're walking alongside other people. You're walking with other members of your church to fulfill your call. And this cannot be helped because it is iron that sharpens iron. And the process of sharpening is very painful. It is very painful, but it doesn't mean it's not worth it. It doesn't mean it's not part of God's plan. And I have to say this, um, we lost our child, for, uh, our first child four years ago, and the immediate response from our families was, I thought you guys ha have had enough serving this God. He made you suffer, and uh, you should come back. And why is this God wanting to do all these things to you and yada yada and that was the moment that Ricky and I knew that we were serving the right God because it was through the suffering that character was produced and hope was produced and that year without that year in Cambodia I have no idea if we can do ministry the way we do ministry because we are called not to a poor land we're not called to poverty we're not called to well we're not called to poverty that people think is poverty we're called to a whole new level and dimension of poverty and dirt and, and brokenness that weighs you down every single day because people don't see it. When you show them a picture of a poor child with no clothes, people see the poverty. When people see suits and, and, and pretty dresses and people going to work and the train is filled with lively conversation. For some reason, it's not poverty. But the lack of Jesus is poverty. The lack of Jesus is poverty. And Stephen just mentioned that jokingly, or not jokingly, a fact that um, Europe in a couple of years would be mostly Muslims because of our reproduction rate. And um, it's fact. And we can see it. We work in a cafe in Germany and um, the whole point is to taking these refugees, teach them a skill set so that they can be integrated into the society so that they don't have to get sent back into Afghanistan or wherever they come from. And um, it is so painful to watch them understand our faith, but yet get sent back and then lose the faith. And it's happened more than once. 
it's happened more than once. And this patience to know, okay, I'm going to invest. I'm going to invest in person A, B, C, D, E, F, G, tilt, Z. It doesn't matter that they keep getting sent back. That is suffering on a, on a level that I cannot explain. I remember three months into doing this, Ricky and I looked at each other and we said, how the hell can I say that? Okay. <laughs> are we going to, are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? This is so tiring. It is so much easier to give people stuff. It is so much easier to build relationships with people who kind of know Jesus. I'm telling you, we had to use Google Translate to talk in Romanian languages and explain to people, Jesus is God. He died for you. No, no, no. You don't have to die. He already did it. It's complicated. It weighs you down. And then came the second part bearing with one another in love i just want to highlight that paul knew that we had to bear with each other first of all so if sometimes you feel like there's somebody you have to bear with it's okay it doesn't make you fake it just means you're cut from a different type of wood you're a different personality we don't all have to get along but then he adds this thing. He says, in love. And I want to ask you a question today. Are you in love with this church? Are you in love with this church that has turned your life upside down and brought you so much closer to God? So much closer to God. Are you in love with the people next to you? Are you in love with your neighbors? Are you in love when you go in the MRT and, and, and because I was preaching this message, I, I told God, okay, today I'm going to go down and I'm going to smile at everybody I see. And that's not me, but I smiled at every single person I saw and they all smiled back. And I'm not saying this in a way that, oh, I feel now back uh, calling back to Singapore, but Singapore breaks my heart equally because I think to be moved with compassion is universal. Doesn't, it doesn't take an enlightenment to be moved with compassion. It takes an encounter with Jesus. And this church gave it to me. None of my family members have what I have. I get to come to this place as if I own it. I get to come and take whatever I want from heaven. I get to be free. Mateo, my son, gets to be free because I made a choice. Because Stephen and Barbara did whatever they did here. And that's love. Suffering in a third world country is love. Being somewhere for a committed period of time is love. Going and building relationships with people who drive you nuts is love. And let me tell you, we have these 15 people, and I, I love them, but oh, I have lost so many nights of pregnancy sleep because of my disciples. And when, when you're pregnant, sleep is something else. You know, you're fat, and you want to get comfortable, but you cannot because there's one person calling you at 3 a.m. midnight telling you that, oh, I feel like I'm farting because I have a spirit in me. That was literally the complaint. And I also have a knack for people who always talk to me about digestive problems. I don't really know why, but it's always
always the case. But the point is that is love. When you start losing sleep over people that you are not even related to, that is love. And this patience that he that he that he talks about, this this patience is painful, and so is love. Actually, I think Ricky said it last week. Love is patient. That is part of the Bible, and I and I think it's really sneaky and smart of God to put patient there, because even if you forget all the other words, you think patient. Love is patient, and if you're married, you know that love is patient. If you're married, you know love is really patient. I'm not, but love is. So I'm gonna act in love, and 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 he says here, bearing with one another. In love, that means you have to be fully emerged, and and you have you have to be immersed in this love, totally, completely. I I have another example, and of course it's back to the birth of the baby. I hope y'all don't mind. Um, before you can push, there's this wonderful time of contractions. Um, for some people, um, it's like. They sneeze and the baby comes out, but for me, it, it took a while. I mean, they say you have to be 10 centimeters before the baby's head, that is quite developed, I must say, um, comes out. Um, it took me about 12 hours, and I was three centimeters for 12 hours with contractions. The thing that is so amazing about this process is that you just have to go through it. You just have to be patient. It is. The baby's gonna come out. You don't know when. You don't know how. It's gonna come out, though. And you you just have to go through with it. And you have to trust that God knows what He's doing with your body. And this love that I'm talking about is also a love that when you're suffering, when you have to be patient, when you have to bear with each other, when someone's driving you up the wall, do you know? Do you trust that God has your body of Christ in His hands? Because I think that's really, really important. When you start trusting, we work in, in, in Germany with a church of, I think, 2,500 people. That's a lot of people. So you can imagine the different personalities that need to get along for a project to be in motion. And, I mean, patience is then gold. You need to have patience and you need to have love. You need to have love that will free each other to act in their own giftings. You need to have this love that he talks about that is so deep that even when they say one or two stupid things, and you know, we don't, that's, German is not our first language. We speak it, we preach in it, we teach in it, we do the core in it, hallelujah. Um, but it's not our first language, which means that there will be a lot of misunderstandings, which means that whatever they're trying to say, we'll probably hear it in English first. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say, but when you don't speak the language, you don't think in that language. You receive things in the language. Maybe in eight years we'll start thinking in German, but we're not there yet. And while it may be painful to work together with people of different backgrounds, work ethics, culture, we have to trust that God has a plan. And I don't believe in coincidences, so I believe that every single person seated here in this church is here for a reason and for a purpose. I, I, re I really believe in this because when, when I see my team, that's what I see. I see that even the people who make me lose pregnancy sleep are really, really important in the ministry that we are building up there. And 
this, you have been planted in this church. And I think that's a really important thing we need to honor. No matter where Ricky and I go, I can see how much I've benefited because I've been planted in this church. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere else, but I think my core is here. So no matter where I go, no matter where we go, what we want to multiply or see in others is the same thing. We want to see worship, we want to see missions, we want to see families. And bearing with one another in love is this, this love, after you're in it, what happens is fellowship. What happens is evangelization. The weight to reach people happens because you are in love. You understand God's love, but then you are in love with your church. You are in love with what happens here every Sunday. You are so in love that you think, I have to get people to come here because I am in love with this place. Um, w when we had to come to Singapore this time, I, I really wasn't looking forward to it. One, the weather, and number two, I have a problem leaving works and just going. We, we had a compulsory um, two months maternity slash paternity leave that we had to take. So we were like, okay, we'll do it, we'll do it. And the whole time, all I'm thinking is, I miss my people. I miss my work. I miss working. I miss strapping Mateo on and going to work in the packed Uban when everybody's staring at me while I bounce him because he's crying. And I, I miss that. But really, that is the weight that I think comes when you love what you do and where you do it. This is the body that you are a part of. And as a body, I think we have a vision. I think we all know the vision. And I think now it's to get that in motion and it is to, what, what he keeps saying, it is to be patient. I, I cannot keep talking about this work, but actually I can because it's so important. And I want you to go back to this image of you walking for your, in your calling and on your left and your right you've got humility and gentleness and now you've got patience at the back. And patience always has, has your back. When you have no answers to all the tests and trials, the answer is usually patience. So just, you can always go back and rely on that. And then we go to the next point and it's with diligence. Unity takes work. It is not supposed to come naturally, but with hard work and persistence. In fact, everything will come against the unity you share with a brother in a church, in a team, because unity is the hardest thing to work on because it is constantly attacked by the enemy. Constantly attacked by the enemy. And it's stupid things that will get in the way. That's why Paul says, um, don't, let, don't let what you eat become a problem. You understand? There, there, there are so many things that can become a problem because it's constantly under scrutiny. Uh, I remember in the first church that we, that we were serving in Germany, um, alcohol was a problem. And I, I respect people who don't drink alcohol and I respect those who do drink alcohol. My point is if we all believe in Jesus, that's the focus. Not the alcohol, but the Jesus. And I used to think, but it's such a small thing. It's such a small thing. It's alcohol. For God's sake, you're in Munich. It's, it's, it's Oktoberfest. And alcohol is what we're talking about. Really? And you don't realize it, but the enemy is really sneaky that way. 
He tries to get you with all these tiny things. Oh, did you see she took off her slippers during service? Oh, that's really gross. We don't do that. Christians don't do that. You know, we're really proper. I'm, I'm, this is, I'm not making it up. I've actually heard this. Yeah, and, you know, we have, oh, she's wearing a really low top. I mean, mm, I'm really not sure. This, mm, she can't be Christian. Really? Okay, interesting. I didn't know that Paul or Jesus wrote another book on who can be Christian. But this is the enemy. It's not us, and it's not for us to judge the character of someone, but to identify that the problem is unity is constantly under attack. But why? And I love this revelation because it sounds really catchy. If we can go to the next slide. The constant unity of the spirit or the vision propels multiplication. If we constantly fight and have a unity within us of a vision or of the spirit itself, that will propel multiplication. I'm not saying that it's the only thing you need to multiply. I'm saying it will help the multiplication because if you love what happens here, if you love each other, the next thing you're going to automatically do is to love another person. And the enemy doesn't want us to multiply. He wants us to divide. He wants to make you feel alone. You're the only person who does this and you're lonely and nobody really cares if you go to church and do you really want to go to this church? And I think it's really important that if you believe strongly enough where you go, what you do, that you will want to share it. If you are in love with what happens here every Sunday, it will one day multiply. I believe this because I cannot shut up about the program. I cannot shut up about the core. And I started praying the, the first year we got to Germany that every year I want, we wanted to send at least one person to the core. At least one. Just one. And last year we got to send Angie and I was really happy about it. And her life is completely changed. Completely changed. She came back to Germany and she said, I want to serve you and Ricky. Tell me how. Now she's in the cafe, she's working with me on translating the core, the next books, um, and she's doing everything. The, only, the reason why we can be here is because she's taking the reins. And this year we prayed and 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 God didn't really give us anything. And I thought, okay, well, God, you're in charge. Hallelujah, I trust you, I guess. <laughs> and we, uh, I do this thing where we do like an internship for the leaders who come in. And the first part of the internship is the first um, two books of the core. And uh, of course, one of the lessons was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I started sneaking up to God every now and then be like, okay, I can send them, but they can experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That would be really cool. So we started, and I think Barbara was there when, when she came for all uh, to visit us. We had these weekly meetings, and we would really try and use worship to build up the atmosphere so that people could recognize that there was something else here, that the person of the Holy Spirit was here, that the person of the Holy Spirit is here right now. And I, it's really cool. I have really missed this. Um... Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, long story short, <laughs> we had a training session and the leaders came to us and said, asked, can I please, can I please be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I thought I would never see this day. So when they asked for it, we did everything. I mean, I have this manual rocker. I put Mate on and I was just doing this the whole time I was praying. And the whole time we were singing and worshiping and God came. He came and he moved and he broke down so many walls on that day. He touched them. They were, they were so transformed that the next week they had to told everybody about the core, everybody in their teams. So we are starting in august when we go back the next program and we have i think eight people already and it's really awesome we don't know what will happen we don't know if it's going to be as amazing as what we experienced here but i believe in small steps and i believe that you can be faithful and someday fire will come and um this is really what this is we were constantly united in this vision of bringing the core, of bringing what we experienced in the, in the core, the person of the Holy Spirit. That was our word, that, that, that we would be able to bring the person of the Holy Spirit or the awareness of the reality of the person of the Holy Spirit to Germany. And it was happening. And it was multiplying in vision. People wanted other people to know it. We go on Saturdays in the... Um, in a hospital to pray for people and uh, we saw many miracles but I think the best miracle is what happens to the people who are ministering I don't know if you've ever if, if you've ever seen that but when you when you teach someone and you invest in someone and, and you start to see them grow and how much they don't need you it's painful but it's beautiful it's an amazing feeling because you think man you've grown up you don't really need me, but I'm going to stick around. <laughs> I'm just going to come and can you, can you just tell me about your life? But really, they don't need you. Maybe once in a while to check. But the beautiful thing that happened was we had this um, girl and um, she didn't want to talk to anybody. She was one of the most antisocial people I've ever met. And... Um, <laughs> And when she got broken down during this baptism of the Holy Spirit, she realized that she was standing in the way of her calling. And now when she prays, there is a power that comes out of her that is heavenly. And people can see it and, and, and somebody also got healed in the process. And uh, they were like, we, we want to know how come she can do it. How come she can do it? It's like suddenly you're the Avengers. Oh, how come you can do it? What do you have? And, and she starts talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. I've never heard the person of the Holy Spirit being talked about in German. That to me is success already. Maybe God has more, but I'm not prepared. Because when she spoke and she explained it in the beautiful German, I love the language. Um, I... I didn't know what else to do but to think, man, and there's this movie, I don't know what it's called, but um, the soldier, he's a Christian soldier who 
doesn't like um, fighting in the war. He's not a violent person, and um, he's a medic. What is it called? Yeah, yeah, that one. And um, he says this beautiful thing: "Just one more, just one more, just one more." And sometimes ministry really feels like that. Just one more, just one more. You know, I mean. You are stretched and pulled in pieces. You are broken every single day, losing pregnancy sleep. <laughs> but you think, just one more. And when you hear that, and you think, that could happen again. And you try harder and you push further. It took us a year and a half, or almost two years actually to be exact, and, um, but it happened. Now you're walking. Um, towards your calling, you've got humility on your and gen gentleness on both your sides. You've patience to have your back, and you have diligence in front of you to 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 propel you, to help you, to keep you going. And and when I look at this picture, and, and God gave me this picture, He said, "This is really the cross of unity. This is the cross that we have to carry to keep the unity of the spirit." And I am on my way. I am not as gentle as I'm supposed to be, as humble as I'm supposed to be. I don't, I'm, I'm not patient. Um, I'm not diligent. I could be, do a lot better in every area. But it gives me so much encouragement to come back here and to see what the unity of the Spirit can do. We're going to start the core soon. And I, and I think during the core, this unity is what sets things on fire. I remember my program, we were yelling like crazy monkeys that people had to kick us out. And I thought, man, we're united. Man, there's so much fire in this room. Man, we are moved. And the relationships, the relationships that I made. Barbara is a mother I, I have now. I have her. And I'm made relationships with Nicole and Michael and Karen and all these people in my program because of this unity. And when something's up, I can go to them and talk to them honestly. We'll goof around for a while, but somewhat we get serious sometimes. Um, we need to fight for our church. We need to fight for the body of Christ. And we need to hold on to the fire that God has given us. And he's given us, Antioch Center for the Nations, an awesome fire. And Antioch is a place where I experienced family with people I had never met before in my life. It's a place where I met God through worship, and it's a place where I got called into missions. This is the place my life changed. And I want that for everybody. So I will fight for this vision. I think Ricky and I, we've given ourselves up for this vision and we want to do it again and again and again and again yeah. and lastly I just want to end off with this example Barbara cooks like Barbara I really think that Barbara should be an uh, adjective for like perfect cooking I mean if it's possible we can talk to the people who write the dictionaries um, I mean if there was a cafe in heaven I'm pretty sure she's running it um, but I think the most amazing thing that happened when we were all um, in Cambodia was that she'd cook and the table would be like the last supper, you know, the long table and everybody would be around the table. And people from a thousand, okay, not a thousand, but many different cultures and backgrounds would sit together 
and we'll have unity. Her love that is humble and gentle and bearing with every, really, she really bears with many people. And her patience brought upon such a unity and vision that we all enjoy. I mean, our relationships with the people at It's a Wrap and everything that happened in Cambodia, it's still strong. And I don't think that's, that's just luck. I think it takes hard work. I think it's to see your people and say, okay, this person is not feeling well. I'm going to go to this person and talk to this person. It's the pastoral side of things. That you take care of your sheep. You take care of your friends. You take care of the people next to you. Because guess what? We're all going to face Jesus on the same day. We're all going to be in front of him. We're, we're all going to see him. And we're all one body. One body. And she does it every single time. She still does it every time. She does it over and over and over again. Today my prayer is really that we can open our hearts for God to work in us so that we can be united for the vision that God has given us. There's no doubt that we benefit from this church. The infilling that we get here is something that I can't compare to anything. And we have gold here. And we've got to treasure it and share it with all the other members. We have, to, we have to show the people who are looking for gold, but don't know they're looking for gold, that we've got gold here. And my passion for Jesus is because of Antioch Center for the Nations. I want to pray.